want is an opportunity. This is America, ain't it? Who the fuck's stopping you? This is Bootlegging, where each week we will discuss HBO's original series, Boardwalk Empire. Grab a glass of your favorite libation, and let's do a little chin-wagging. And we are back. Ah, see, now you get to see the talent that goes into the making of this. We've progressed from episode one to where we're at now. And look at me. So I can now say and for 16, 17 seconds. I would love to hear that practice of. <laughs> I just sit at my cubicle all day just going, eh. <laughs> I'll get fired soon enough. So, uh, um, uh, this is your host Colton, and the laugh that you are hearing over there is a uh, guest host that we have on, no stranger to the show, uh, the Beast from the East, Victor. <laughs> hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Thank you, Colton. Uh, absolutely. No, thank you for coming on. Um, had some scheduling issues. Um, Chris is a bitch, and he is. He is on a cruise right now, so he's somewhere floating around the Gulf of Mexico going to I think he's going to Jamaica, so um what? or something or something like that. Yeah, he's going out there. What Maybe a, Cuba. What a loser. <laughs> yeah, right, I know, right? <laughs> who who wants to go on a cruise? I mean, jeez. Uh I'm just jealous. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh so thank you so much. So Victor is filling in. He is helping out. Um and we are here to go ahead and talk about the next um, episode. And my notes are not working. So uh, there we go. Now, um, before we get into it, Victor, for if it happens to be somebody's first time listening to this episode, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yes. Um, well, actually, I have when we were talking off mic, I said this is uh, this episode actually has a lot of first. So if for whatever reason you are listening, this is the first episode you listen to. Uh I am, was, will be a big Boardwalk Empire fan. I watched it. Uh, one of the rare shows I watched live every season, like maybe like the second episode I caught on like a week after. Um, yeah, and like I lived, uh, and you know, if you listen to previous episodes, I lived a lot where they shot this show. So it was kind of right. like a like a hometown thing sort of deal. Um, yeah, and just huge fan of this show. And then, um, like, yeah, like you call this filling in. For me, this is like, Totally having a good time talking about one of my favorite shows. <laughs> um, well, mm-hmm. no, no, go ahead, go ahead. So go ahead. I was gonna go. I was gonna go on the idea of, like I was saying first. Now this is very inside, so forgive me here, and let me rattle these off for a moment. Um, this is the first podcast episode we've done since we actually met. <laughs> Wait. What? Since me and you actually met. Oh, if you you are correct. If you had like a little backstory to me and Colton, we like literally met over a podcast. Um, yes. You came on my podcast for Six Feet Under, then Dexter and Boardwalk Empire, and eventually Colton came to my wedding. You mentioned it a few episodes ago that you were at my wedding. Um, yes. I think this is the first episode. It's just you and me. I feel like it's always me, you, and Marissa, me, you, and Natalie, me, you, and uh, Chris. I want to say this, the first Boardwalk Empire episode. Right. I think I we did a we, special. We did the special of the, uh, how if we could change something, how we would change it. Yeah, yeah. Right. So just officially the first episode where it's just, it's always been like us three, you know? You're um, right. I, don't, I think yeah. you are right on that. 
I got a few more. First episode since I oh. became a married man. Okay. <laughs> First podcast in a post Game of Thrones world. <laughs> I am yes. reaching. This He's is the first podcast. Every- the first podcast on May twentieth, twenty nineteen, that we've done together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is still a fifty percent Guatemalan episode. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing is that uh, this episode takes place on Easter, and we actually hung out on Easter, and that's it. That's my. That's that all is I got. Cr- oh my god! Right. Um- Man, you like thought of this? Oh God! <laughs> Which and no another connection. Um, first podcast I recorded was on your podcast of me being a married man because Look at that yeah because I got to record right before and right after. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, just all kinds of connections. Which, by the way, <laughs> at your wedding, every single person I met that I when I like inter- got introduced to him, and they're like, "Oh, how do you know Victor?" And be like, "Oh, well, we met on a podcast." Every person's response is. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> it my wife very, still thinks it's weird. <laughs> it was very, di- it was very divided uh, on people at my wedding. Where, like, my cousin thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Like, he would keep asking me to repeat to him, like, "How did you guys meet again?" And I would like explain it, and then other people were just like, "Dude, that's so weird." I'm like, "All right, like, you know, whatever." You know, I didn't get my, oh. I didn't get my organs harvested, so whatever. <laughs> Oh man, because yeah, my wife still thinks it's weird. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I I get it. Like I will say, I get it. You know. Yeah. Um. But it's I don't. It's also uh, into explaining to the fans of the podcast uh, or just podcasting in general. It's you're you with podcasting. We're not actors. We're you know we're not we're not giving a persona. When I'm talking, this is who I really am. Like this is me. right. I imagine you're. The, I'm knowing you actually in person now. You're. It's the same way when you're on your podcast. You and Marissa. It's the same people. You know. Yeah, you're not disguising yeah. voices. We're not hiding who we are or anything like that. And listening to podcasts, like especially like famous ones, when you listen to like Joe Rogan and things like that, as as well. It's like you're actually listening to a real person talk, not a character. Right. So I feel that meeting it in person is not as strange because it's not like, oh, I want to go and meet Mickey Mouse. You know, it's like, no, like, this this is a person that has a podcast. Like, it's a real person. I, I like what his uh, subject is. And right, right. We, we, we obviously would maybe have something in common if I'm wanting to listen to that podcast. That's kind of how I look at it. Like, no, 100%. And one more thing I want to add to it. Um it was the funniest thing because then I think like you I, – I can remember looking at your face and you thinking about it and you repeating it of being like, man, like I heard you talking and in my head I was like, fuck, I know that voice. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's because <laughs> I listened to two and a half seasons of Boardwalk Empire pot, the, the uh, bootlegged. And then like you gave me this look and you were like, dude, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because, like, obviously, if you listen to my podcast on, like, Dexter, and then it's, like, we finally met, and it's, like, oh, wait, now I have to put a voice to my earphones or, like, my car radio, you know? Right, right. No, that's – it's the same way because then hearing you and Marissa talk and then hearing y'all's laugh, I was, like, I know this laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was fun. Like, it's uh, – yeah, it's I, – I see where people think it's weird, but – it's not like I, I see why you think that, but I guess it's and maybe it's just uh, my mentality in it as well. It's I'm, I'm always open to like some new experience. So I'm always taking kind of a gamble in it. I'm just like, no, nah, fuck it. Like, let's 
go out of state to this, you know, and let's meet this person for real. I think it'll be fun. And it was. <laughs> it, it's a it's a very 2019 way of meeting friends. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> That's exactly what you know? it is. Oh, man. All right. So now that we've gone on for eight minutes of our undying love for each other and podcast, <laughs> we can get into this episode. Um, so uh, this is episode seven of the uh, season three. And by far watching this one, I didn't realize how good this episode was. So I watched it twice. Um, as I do almost every episode, watched it once all the way through, and I was like, man, I was like, that was a really good episode. Watching it a second time, actually, this morning, uh, when I was taking my notes and stuff like that, key things that were said and done in this episode, I didn't realize how amazingly well put together this episode is. And from what I understand, the director is one of the main directors from, I believe, Sopranos. Okay. And so I think that that also helps out a lot. If sure. I remember, it was either the writer or the director. One of them was one of the big, like, um, like one of the heads of uh, doing like the Sopranos work. Obviously, not one of the you know the leaders, but definitely sure. did a lot of Sopranos episodes. And um, I could I could see I guess a lot in it in that I I don't watch the Sopranos. I don't I I haven't liked the Sopranos a little bit. I've watched of it, but I know how big it is and like the crime you know um, sure, uh, crime sure. real life whatever you want to call it crime world like Boardwalk Empire. Um, but I could see it like this. It was more like I guess kind of a movie in certain aspects of it. Just like the filming, the way everything was stylized, uh, the way everything was like framed in certain parts. I I couldn't I could talk I could go on and on about it. I really like this episode. It's funny when you when when we were talking about this episode and I was like, "Oh god, I remember always hating this episode because in really? my in my mind and, and I I think we could agree to this. This episode has been one of the first ones where there is almost zero action. This is a very yes. plot-driven, character-driven episode. And I remember being like the calm before what's what's to come so it was always like the downer um, okay but i watched it the first time just to like refresh myself and i was like oh my god this is a really good episode i've mentioned this on my podcast and it's, it's with any tv show in my head it really starts with like sitcoms but it's obviously uh, uh grown holiday episodes always are so family intensive yes you know that's where you always get the the brother out of nowhere who shows up for dinner and it's like literally never, never you get like again. <laughs> yeah and, and like you know what we're gonna get eli's kids who show up one of them will 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 become a mainstay but all of like all of a sudden we see all of eli's kids and we're never gonna see them again gyps family spoiler alert, sorry uh gyps family we're never going to see them again. It's the only little inclination we get about Jip's family. I didn't I, even think about that. I'm really bad at talking about spoilers or not. So for Chris's sake, I hope he doesn't listen. Uh, so I may slip up here and there. So, but well, he I don't does. Know if that's a, mm-hmm. I was like, he does. I, he does listen to the podcast. I think if I remember right, I think he actually. Well, or he listens when he's not on an episode. Uh, but I don't. I wouldn't consider that a spoiler because that is something I would bring up if I had noticed it. I didn't yeah. even think about his family. And as I was watching this, I'm not even gonna lie. As I was watching this on my notes for Jip's part of, and we'll get into it. I was mentioning about his family. I have some notes on it, and I didn't even think about it 
Like, why why the fuck aren't they in it anymore? Because that was obviously a sto- that, that alone is a storyline. It's a background character development. Sure, yeah, and it's it, it, it's always it's always holiday episodes. You always get the family, and maybe that was always ah. my little my little gripe with this episode was this always felt almost like. If if you remember Friends, the holiday episodes are almost like the greatest hits, or that's when you got like the Brad Pitt special guest appearance. This is right. ranting. This is me ranting, but that's why I always didn't like this episode. But no, this episode is almost like one of the best episodes of this season thus far. Like it's so well put together. You know, I think so. Yeah, I I really I really think I think so on that part. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah. So before we ramble too much on it, we can go ahead and get into it then. So, um, I have uh. It broken down into the really there's four stories. We have Nucky and the dinner, um, Richard and his everything's a dinner essentially. Richard and his dinner, Jip and his adventure, and Jillian and Jimmy 2.0 in their dinner essentially. Like everything's honestly a dinner. So, yeah. um, I'm gonna start with I want to go ahead and just start, I guess, with the, the most minor story is. And I and I say minor loosely on this, I would consider Jillian and Jimmy's, um, just because there's a lot with their story, but their story itself is 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 small. Like sure. in, in 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 terms of events actually happening. Yeah. And so I kind of want to start with them, even though the ending to it is the end of the episode. But I feel that that's not going to spoil any of the other stories. Sure. And sure. so um, I do want to go ahead and um, start with their storyline. Actually, you know what? I say that I'm going back on myself. I'm going to stop this. We're going to cut it back about 30 seconds. And no. So what we're going to do, I want to talk about Richard first because I can't even think about it. I can do with Richard and we can go ahead and start with them and then end with Jillian's because that's kind of where it goes to. Sure. Sure. Um, so R- Richard is with and I have the names down it's Paul and um you only G- did that for me right <laughs> I actually did it no j- just wait just wait um you will you will get mad at this uh podcast I've made sure of that okay Paul is his name I can't mispronounce Paul and I believe you pronounce his daughter's name is Julia so <laughs> I think it's just Julia no no I'm just fucking with oh, it fuck. <laughs> his daughter Julia and they're at um they're at their house. They're having a like a probably of all. Well, I'd say all the people. Jillian's is probably worse, but the worst of the Easter dinners of this episode. Sure. And we find we see Paul's obviously a drunk. Now I didn't know he was drunk until she says something late, later. Did you get the hint that he was drunk when they're first talking, or that he's just like an asshole? No. And if like she didn't say that, I would have just thought he's just like a crazy old man. Because yeah. he doesn't do the typical television drunk trope where the ah, he's not slurring his words. He's fine, actually. You know, right? Um, I feel like I almost threw that in, like you know, because like we either, I don't know, I don't know how you could tell if someone's a good drunk or not, like a good acting drunk. But yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I totally didn't didn't know he was drunk. You know? Okay. I'm with and you. So, okay, so I was kind of weirded out on that. Yeah. Um and now Richard has brought Tommy along because Jillian isn't feeling well, or I believe she says something about that. And so he brings her him along to go to the dinner with him. Um, Richard and Paul obviously have a connection of some sorts. Now, uh, in the previous episode, I had mentioned that he was talking about how he he didn't get to fight white men. He got he had to fight Filipinos or something like that. And I was really confused by that, um, being a hit, like the history buff that I am. Yeah, so yeah, I, was, I remember that. 
I was reading more about the Spanish-American War. So, um, mind you, the Spanish-American War isn't as old as people think it is. The Spanish-American War um, ended about 20 years prior to – actually, it's less than 20 years prior to World War One. So that would put him in that age category to be oh, in totally. the Spanish, Spanish-American War. And the majority of the Spanish-American War was actually fought in the Philippines. Oh, and totally. so now, but it was mostly a naval war. So I was kind of confused by that from what I was reading. I don't know a lot on the Spanish American war, but either way, that's where I'm going to go to that, that he's a veteran from that war. And yeah, makes sense. He and Richard obviously have this connection because they're both what you would, I guess, kind of call like, they're kind of like cynical about life somewhat, but obviously Richard's not as much as this guy is. Uh, but they're both also in, kind of intelligent men because when they're talking about the Bolsheviks and socialists, Richard even says, like, well, he's not a Bolshevik. He's a socialist. And then one guy's like, you know, well, aren't they the same thing? And then that's when even Paul mentions, like, do you not understand? Like, they're both obviously well-read men, um, equally damaged, I guess, as well to each other, you know, with Richard, obviously, mentally yeah. and physically and Paul um, mentally. Um. We also get introduced to a character slash non-real character, which is Paul's son. Um, but they don't talk about much in this episode. Now, if I remember correctly, and this is where I like having you on, this comes up more later, right? I really don't think it does. Okay, I, I thought it did. I, I no, I think this is this is a lot now. I totally forgot that whole that whole table. I'm almost positive never shows up again. I'm pretty. I'm like ninety percent sure on that. Because um, there's, but you may be right. Because there's, did you get? And I, I know I'm jumping forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. What the deal was? What the bedroom that Tommy went into? So, this is also where I'm. So I was reading some notes on from when it was reviewed live, and yeah. then when I'm watching it, and some of this stuff wasn't making sense to me. Okay, one is. It's been hinted that his son died in World War One, right? But then the room is like that it's of like a way 10-year-old. before it's nineteen oh. Because what I the the comment I read was on the on the door was a baseball pennant from nineteen oh one. But that would be way before World right. War One, right? Or nineteen ten, either nineteen oh one or nineteen ten. I'm almost positive it was nineteen oh one. But isn't that still both of them before? Both of them are War still 1? way before because World yeah. War One started in nineteen fifteen or something like that. But right. I mean, either way, there's also like the toys out. Like no eighteen year old about to go to war is yeah, playing yeah, with little yeah. like, toys, right? Yeah. So I didn't. It, <laughs> And this is where I wish I, I, I knew the show better. I don't know where this comes in because I was kind of confused by some of that. And I don't know if maybe that goes into more of the dad and his mentality in that maybe he didn't want to remember his son as the guy that went off to war and died. And he remembers his son as the baby, you know. Right, right. Maybe that's what it is. But, I mean, I I really don't know. If I could go back, hop back a little bit, when Tommy and Richard are – walking to the house and they're coming up to the door and Richard's like, how do I look? And he's like, fix your glasses. That is one of the most adorable things to ever happen on the show. Because <laughs> it <really laughs> like, it's like this little runt is telling Richard and you know Richard like totally... Richard, I feel like I could do an entire season's worth of podcast just talking about Richard and his quotes and his like, his literally two-face... 
his character is Two Face, and he literally has Two Face. Like it's his right, character right. is so great on so many levels. Um, I just I love that little part because it's like this is this is a a, a a heartless murderer, right? Right, and he is legit asking a let's call him eight years old. At best. How do I? Yeah. How do I? How do I look? And you know he really means it, like you know. Right. It's just like so adorable and like also kind of scary. And we're gonna see like I, I'm sure we're gonna talk about it a really scary moment when you know Paul has Tommy. The other yes. the other comment I, I wanted to bring up was when he's going on about like what Easter is about, Paul and you know Richard's response. Ri- the reason why Richard's also great is that man uses says so little words, and his words have like 15 meanings behind it. You know, right. when he says. Just because you believe in something doesn't mean it's not true. Right. I am. I have in my notes here, and it's like how I feel. I am white girl, basic bitch, loving that quote. Like, <laughs> put me in Uggs and pumpkin spice latte, and <laughs> put that quote on my rib cage. Like, you know, I just, lo- <laughs> I just love that quote. It's so, it's so like true, and it's so like everything, you know. I'm gonna um, get like a Kmart special, like yeah. like a wall art, like it's like in like like cursive, and I'm gonna mail that to you. <laughs> oh my god! I will love it up, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am, um, and and that also comes in the, this when he says that though, and then also uh, to even not to jump around too much, but because I'm gonna bring it up with Jip as well. But we see that Richard is like somewhat religious, even. Like I'm not absolutely. Saying, I'm not saying he's like obviously like the world's best definition of a Christian because. Like, sure, sure. He definitely has some belief outside of just himself uh, a- and absolutely. just his existence, and that's a very complex element added to him, considering who his character is. Abs- yeah, totally. And, ex- and 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 especially with what what we know of him. Yeah. Um. Well, the, and the other thing you were talking about is stuff that he says, because if I remember, one of the things he says, and I don't remember if it was Paul that says it, or I don't, or it may have been Julian when he goes to pick him up, but it was something along the lines of, um, didn't you have to deal with the trenches or something? And he was just like, no, I was a sharpshooter. So right, right. It's like very like direct on his like stuff where he's just like, no, I, I'm above that, which is kind of yeah, weird for yeah. A, a military guy to say, but <laughs> well, well, there's, there's, I, and I have this here in, the, in, in a different part. I, I have to hold it because I have like a lot of that too, um, you know. And the other part when like Paul is like, uh, uh, Tommy goes up, he has to pee, and he's like, is he, is he house, is he potty trained or something? And he just goes, oh no, he goes, is he housebroken? Yeah, and he just goes mostly, and it's like if you think about it. How, we know what the term housebroken means, but you also when you when you start layering, and this is where I was like, wow, this episode's so good. When you start layering the idea of like he comes from a whorehouse, so his house literally is broken. Like you know, it's like <laughs> I didn't even dad think about is it a, that way. No, that's I, I me neither. But like when you start, Jillian has a huge one at the beginning of her storyline. There's little things like that um, that make Richard great. Um, but there's there's two things I want to get to once we get to to what happens with Paul and him. Right. Well, no, then, then that's my next uh, part then is – so especially with the housebroken part is uh, we see Tommy gets out of – goes out of the restroom and he goes into his son's uh, – Paul's son's room. He's playing with the toys. Paul finds out or sees him doing it and picks him up by the trousers or whatever, just like manhandles a kid. 
and just starts screaming at him for being in there. The other guests, they come up and they're kind of concerned, you know, like why he's acting that way. And um, Richard tells the guy, you know, like, let him go. And he, the guy, like, Paul, basically ste- the one step up someone and is like, what are you going to do? And he just says it just with one, one little sentence. It's just like, I'll kill you. Like, there's no... <laughs> There's no like f- like foreshadowing thought or anything. It's literally just I'll kill you. Like, and you see that even Paul looks. He's like, I think this dude's gonna kill me. Like, <laughs> like no, totally. And that's what I wanted to get to. And it almost happens in the beginning of the episode too. First of all, him just saying I'll kill you, and like here I am talking about Richard has this basic white girl quote, like you know. And also, it's like I'll kill you. There is no <laughs> if ands or buts about it. There's no what did you mean by that. It is literally. Uh, I will kill you. So the idea of him saying, like, I'll kill you and it not being any foreshadowing. Because remember also in the beginning episode when he uh, <laughs> he he gets to the door and Julia opens it and she's like, hi, hi. And he's like, hi, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> she's like, okay, I know you're, I see you. <laughs> I see you. Like you're the has... only person here right now, so... <laughs> and we are face-to-face, and we're talking, so yes, that does mean you're here. Like, that's like the, that's like the good and the bad of the Richard. Like, the bad just being like, yes, I know you're here. The good of being like, I'll kill you, and there's no there's no sugarcoating any of that, you know? Um, I just always feel like you're ne- you're, you never expect such a straightforward response, you know? Right. Well, and it's like, I think that that's like, oh, like one of his strengths yet oh, it's a weakness of him is he of course he can't and we've talked about this before he can't there's no like beating around the bush with him there's no you can't be like insinuating something with him like you could be like if you were to tell him and be like you know sure would be a shame if he died huh huh and richard would be like <laughs> i guess and he'd be like no i need you to kill him okay <laughs> like that would be yeah, like it yeah. so i think that that's part of what it what where his character is at on that do you, and, do you know like uh, who Drax is from Guard- Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's like that. He's like, wow. I guess that joke went over your head. Like, no, nothing goes over my head. I'm so fast, I'll catch it and kill it. It's like, no, no, no. Like, that's almost like what Richard is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. He say that. <laughs> uh, one of the observations I have in this is with Julia and Richard. Is they're both basically trying to save each other. Or e- hmm. each each other, and I got that from, and I'm not I'm not getting this just on my own. I got it, I believe, off of it's either IGN. I think it was actually IGN. I got this one, where uh, somebody had commented that they're both basically like uh, they're out there like Captain Savaho, essentially, is each one of them. <laughs> and I was like, when I read it, when I read that, I was like, what? I was like, what are they talking about? And then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh shit, they are because she feels bad for him because of his. His face, you know, makes him that meal where he gets to ma- eat in private, and then he's out there like, "You're coming with me," and and she's already said like, "No, he doesn't hit me." Like, it's like, okay, so why aren't you letting her stay there? Yeah, the dude's drunk, but obviously he's not hitting her. I, do you believe her life is really in danger with her staying there? I don't yeah, think no. so. No, you know. I agree. And so, like, people were commenting on that. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I kind of see what y'all are going at. They're b- both of them are like, they're feeling like they're there to like try to save the other person, and. It kind of makes sense, like when you're watching it from that, and then like later on when you're seeing them on the boardwalk, and it's just like neither one of them really looks like they're actually happy. <laughs> if that makes <laughs> yeah, any yeah. sense, no, and totally. And so, 
Well, and so like because you know, to bring that up, like what happens is after Paul Paul goes back into the his son's room and it start just you hear him like wail crying. Yeah. Um, over what for, the death of his son, something obviously he's got some depression, and they all leave the guest, everybody leaves and stuff like that, and Julia, uh, Julia and Richard go. They go to the boardwalk with Tommy, and she's upset that he threatened to kill the dad. Essentially, it was like, don't say that again. Which I get it. That's still your dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now and then while they're there. And this was I, something else. I didn't think about it, but then once somebody mentioned it, I was like, oh, you're right. It is really kind of weird that they did this when they take the photo. So there's two observations I got from this photo that they took. One, not a single one of them is related to each other. And the guy's like taking their photo <laughs> like it's like a family, like that's mom so and dad funny. and son. None of them are related to each other. They're not married. That's not their kid. N- n- nothing. Like it's just two strangers with a random kid essentially is what this totally, is. Totally. Totally. That's funny. And the other thing, and this is, I don't know if this is the actor that plays Richard. I don't know if this was his idea or if it was intentionally done. When they take the photo, he moves his head where his mask is covered. So yeah. they, when they take that photo, you wouldn't see the mask. I feel like that is definitely something that he would do because he doesn't want that face visible, you know, if that makes any sense. And it's almost like – and I can't tell if they are, but like he can't smile, you know. Right. And I don't know if you know if smiling in pictures was a thing until much later in life. It much really later wasn't, in time. I don't think. Because yeah, because I don't think they're to- smiling here. You know, because well, photos you couldn't smile in really at first because it took so long to take the right, right, take the photo. But I guess I don't know how long this photo takes to develop. If it's the same thing, it takes like yeah. five minutes, or if it's a really quick one, I don't know on that. You know, it's something else. And there's so many things about this show. Sometimes episode title, which if 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 when you remember, like ask me what the episode title means because I don't have a fucking idea. But I don't get why. He does that thing, and, and maybe it's just to set up for Julia to say, "Are you going to be a? Are you going to sulk all day because my dad's dope?" But like, what was the point of him almost getting bit by the camel or whatever? Was it just so he could say, "I don't care"? I, I just wonder because they, and this is me sometimes going so deep into it. It's like they were writing; they were in a writer's room; they had to shoot it. Could you not have gotten this? Is me being such a uh, a weird. It's not even a nitpick. It's more like I'm, I just want to know why. Because so much of the show is intentional, you know. Right. Um, I don't know. Or, or is that just a total? We're gonna have Tommy react to this, so Julia can say, "Are you gonna suck all day?" Because my dad's a dope, and it just doesn't matter how we get there. That's me being, you know, so weird about it. Yeah, I honestly didn't think about it, but you. You mentioning it and now it does make me kind of wonder, like, why would they put that in there? Because it didn't yeah, is there add like to some the story, deep really. Right, right. If it was, then it went over everybody's head. Way like, over my head. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. I honestly have no idea. Other than because it's and it's not like that would even be a cheap scene because then you have to have the animal, you have to have everything. Yeah, like in. like there's there's something there. What I don't know. I'm too dumb to know. <laughs> and I and and in all things doing when I was on AV Club and I was on IG and nobody even talks about that scene. So obviously yeah. nobody then was even really thinking about it. Yeah. Huh. Um. So that's where I'm going to leave off for the Richard and dinner party because Richard's storyline ends with Jillian's. Yes. And so I want to now talk about Jillian and Jimmy 2.0 and 
the creep factor that comes along with this storyline. Okay. Can I uh, challenge you guys? Were calling him Costco Jimmy of sorts last week. Jimmy, uh, you, you yes. were going Jimmy 2.0, whatever. And I, I don't think I told you this because I think we had already discussed I may be on the episode this week. In my car, I was just yelling. And this is almost not like it's not a bad thing because this brand Kirkland, is. I think we were calling him Kirkland Special. <laughs> no, no, you weren't. Uh, you guys didn't. You guys kept. You said everything besides Kirkland. Oh. And I was like, Jimmy Kirkland, Jimmy Kirkland. <laughs> like, he's totally an uh. off brand Jimmy. Um, but Kirkland isn't that bad. Like, it. it no, it's Kirkland, not. It gets a bad rap for the name, but this guy is totally Jimmy 2.0 or Jimmy Kirkland, whatever you want. I to think call we're it. calling, or think maybe we're calling him Sam's Club Jimmy. Or yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you, yeah. All great names, all great names. <laughs> but that's what he is. It's like it's it's off brand Jimmy. I mean, that's really what, it, and it's meant to be. And that's the thing. It is. It's, it's he's meant to be off brand Jimmy. Um, to, it's not to like flip- it's. A, to flip this back onto you, like you usually do with Chris, do you remember how this storyline played out? Like why he got introduced, Roger? Or I'm sorry, Jimmy Kirkland. You mean like what happens later? Yeah, like in the episode. Yes. In this episode, or are you talking about like later in seasons? No, no, like just this episode. Yeah, no, I remember this because um, I remember distinctly. I have a weird thing. Okay, so I have tattoos, right? I have I've got several tattoos and stuff like that. I have a weird thing though for this weird tear in my in my mind that one day I'm gonna be at the doctor and I'm gonna have a needle in me and it's gonna break off inside my arm. Oh and, god. Oh god. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. I have this weird thing. When I watch this episode and whenever his arm jerks back, I thought the needle broke off in it. In my head, when the very first time I watched it, so I always remember that. I, I t- still to this day I can't actually watch that scene. I like that that moment. I have to like, I have to like wa- I look I could, away. <laughs> I wish I could do the sound of like of the phone hanging up. That's me walking <laughs> away because I never even thought about a needle getting stuck in you, and now just the thought of it is creeping me out. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea why I have this irrational fear, but I do. So, God, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I remembered where this was going. I thought it happened later, though. I thought that he was around for several episodes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Spoiler alert. He's not around for several episodes. <laughs> let, let, me, let me then go another step because I was reading comments probably like you were. Did you, do you remember your response the first time around watching this? And I will preface it with saying I had no idea why she did this. But reading comments, they were like, this was the most obvious thing in the world. Did you know that no. if you put yourself back in 2012? No. Okay. When I watched this, because I was not watching it live yet. I okay. believe I came on at season four. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I go back and forth of when I came in to watch this live. I'm almost positive it was season four. Um, and... Uh, and I do remember watching this, and I remember when he first got introduced, my mentality in it is basically what's happening in this episode. I'm like, okay, she's just wanting a fuck buddy, and this is the best thing she can get. And she's go- and in my head, where I thought this was going to go, she was going to groom him to take over Jimmy's empire. Absolutely. That's where I thought this was going. 
And in a way, he kind of did, but not the way <laughs> not the way it was going. So, did you, did you read the same comments I did about how blatantly obvious this storyline yeah. was? Yeah, yeah, and all and of them I, are full I, of shit. I, I don't believe any of them really thought that. <laughs> I I think I you know it's funny. I watched this show with different glasses because I remember you know it's funny. I'm looking it up to like confirm. So at the time I was living in New York, this episode came out the Sunday night Hurricane Sandy hit. Oh, wow. Like, the power went out just around this time. And I remember watching this episode. I remember my power going out. Now that I'm, like, thinking about it, it's, like, all rushing back. Like, almost a half hour or so after the episode ended. And it's like, I don't get why she just killed him. Like, what was the point of that? Was she, oh, she was guilty. She was guilty about, she felt <laughs> so guilty about banging her son, she just couldn't live with it anymore. And I don't think I got to watch the rest of the season up until, like, a few weeks. Because, spoiler alert, the next episode opens with them dealing with this. I don't want to say exactly what happens, but right, right. It, they, they immediately deal with this. Um, yeah, oh. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I no, have no, no, no idea I, why she did when it. When she kills him, I knew what was happening then. Oh, I, no, I, I still didn't know. Oh yeah, no. Once I needed it spelled out for me. No, once he dies, I was like, she wants a body. I was like, I'm. That's where I was positive for. I was like, no, like, yeah. Oh, we're getting into like we're get, we're we're going along spoiler territory here really fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, we could we, we we could you could go into it then. I just wanted to know like what was your reaction back when you watched it live because it's it's you know we, we get not, a little tainted because the, the scene is shot so good because it's like. Well, I'll save it for the actual scene when we talk about it. Okay. So, um, she invites um, uh, Jimmy uh, Kirkland over, and she's and this is and this is, it, okay. I have I literally in my notes have creep factor a thousand through this whole scene, this whole uh, uh, storyline. So she invites him over. She's fur. He's like, oh, you're rich, and you know all of this, right? And she starts talking about her husband, and she's like, well, I had my husband. And like, and I'm like, okay. So she's talking about the Commodore, and then she mentions, um, uh, but uh, I had known him since I was a kid, and I was like, oh, that's creepy. I was like, because the Commodore did meet when she was a kid. I was like, it's you know, that's not a spoiler. It's hinted at. But then she's like, but I was older than him, and I was like, oh wait, what the fuck? I was like, no, 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 yep, no, no, no. Yep, yep, yep. So she's talking about her husband, and she's talking about Jimmy, and yeah. the like. I I'm, I'm, I Como isn't here, and I'm just gonna go and do it. It's just fucking weird. It's just, this is so this is so, this is so I, fucking weird. I left so hard last episode when you got you brought this up somehow, and Chris was like, "Man, I just got over it." <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, "You just brought it back." Like, it is. It is. You could do a whole episode on just her the the idea of this. You know, she. It's, yes, in it, it, it's so it's it, it literally is unspeakable because we how how many times are we just going to grunt and exhale over what? Well, and that's the thing, is, you know. That's the thing is it's not like her and okay, her and Jimmy. It's not like when they had sex. Okay, that it wasn't like this was like a one time thing, and then it explains some stuff that happened. It's like okay, it's weird it happened. I, I I'm not surprised by the characters, you know. And it's done it over with. It's it is still at an active part of this story, and I and I give credit to the writers for sticking with it and not making it a mockery in a way. Like they're not they're not playing with it to the point where it's like, hey, let's be like almost pornographic about it or something sure. like that. 
they're doing it in a really like, and I don't want to say tasteful because that's not the right word I want to use, but they're doing it in a really realistic way. Yeah. Um, it's sure. so fucking creepy. Though. It's, it's and it's something something you always go back to, and I feel like you know you want to be so politically correct on podcasts because you could your words can be taken so wrong. But yes, yeah. when you think when you think about the whole setup of the story, and you think woman, I, I'm just gonna say people who are exposed to the childhood she was exposed to where you married the Commodore at age 12, and God knows what they did, I feel like I am safe. I'm, I'm so scared to say this. You are more prone to mentally blank things when you're yeah. older. No, I, you know? I, I believe that. So yeah. when you think about, and like, if you real, if you like, want, and you know, this her storyline, this episode, how fucking diabolic she is. She's yeah. scary, you know. Um, so, something something you glossed over because I was I was I thought when you when you were um, talking about little things you picked up in this episode. So when Richard comes in, she gets Richard and everyone to leave the house, the whorehouse, by saying it's Easter Sunday. People feel guilty coming. Also, I'm on my period because she says like, uh, it's a shame men don't. Uh, we have to go through this once a month. So she right. she said she had really bad period pains, whatever. But Richard goes, "How are you feeling?" And do you, do you remember what her response is? No, murderous. And it's like, damn, they I literally, did not. yeah, yeah. It's really cool. It's like her first words, and I was like, she didn't just say that. I rewinded it because, like, oh, she must have been saying something else. It's literally, it's the first thing. How are you feeling? She goes, murderous. It's like, damn, it's right from the start. I did not catch yeah, that. Yeah. I let my lows literally say Jillian's first words. I'm feeling murderous. Well, you don't say. <laughs> really, I she did had that not plan, catch that. You know? um, yeah, like little, little. You don't pick that up the first time you watch it. No, and obviously, <clears> like <throat> you, I've watched this how many times and I never picked it up. And then a second rewatch, you didn't watch it. But that cool little, like you know, layered thing. Um, right. And it's even like later when she's like. And, 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 and this is me skipping ahead a little bit. She's like, "Let's take a bath." Um, and she goes, "I'm feeling the tiniest bit greasy." Like, yes. no, 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 you're a fucking huge grease ball. Like, get the yeah. fuck out of here. Well, and that's kind of my whole thing in it, even as well. And I have this in here: is she's getting to know him. Like this entire time, we're we're learning a little bit of background about him, where he came yeah. from, what he's wanting. This is somebody that you're obviously being intimate with, and you're getting to know. Like she could have tried to do something a long time, like way before they were having sex, way before they were laying in the bed to kill him in some way. But instead, she goes and gets to know the guy, and then does it. And that was to me where I was just like, okay, Jillian's cold. Like, yeah, like. She does not care. Like, I don't think that she, in, like, went out with the intention of immediately, like, I want to murder him. But she was like, well, it has to happen. Like, that was kind of her mentality in it. And while while you started saying that, in my head, I was like, well, does Roger play any part in this? Because the idea of, like, too good to be true. You have this beautiful woman who just comes onto you and is just like, hey, come over and screw me in every room of my house. And also, I have a lot of money. It's like, at some point, do you say... <laughs> All right, what's going on here? Like you know, like this doesn't this does not normally happen. 
And to 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 exactly what you're saying, I imagine back in 1920, whatever year this is, this is 23 or whatever. I imagine this didn't happen. Like you know, just the idea of like someone. I mean, today no. we are so you can't trust anyone. Like you're so cynical. I, I'm sure. Like this is a veteran, right? He's a veteran of war. Yeah. Like why why would this poor young man ever think? This woman would want to do that to him. Like, what? In, in hey, put it this way: the fucking audience, me and you, had no idea why. Right? <laughs> like, you know. And this guy is there with her. Um, it's sick. It's sick. It's sick. It's it's sick. What reason why she's banging him? And it's sick. The idea she wants to kill a man for all of this. For you know? all of it. No, I agree. I just I, I and I mean that's kind of the beginning of their story. Well, that, that's essentially their story until the very end, where. And we've already like touched on it, and I've basically talked about it. When she gets him into a bathtub, and and I did not catch this last episode. Como caught it, and so I'm not positive if this is where it came from. Because when I was on some of the sites, they weren't talking about it. But I want to give Chris credit that when Lucky was in last episode and he brought heroin in, she pocketed it. Wow. Whenever she's willing it, he says he was like, no, he was like, she took it because it was kind of like because Como was saying he's like, well, you know, like it's like a school teacher, like why are you taking it, you know? And yeah. this is the and I was like, I did not catch that, and I was like, good for him for catching something I didn't notice. And so she pockets it and gets him in the a warm bathtub, you know, gets him calmed down or whatever, and knocks the dude with I think what was her wording? It was um. Uh, um, a, qu- a quite a lot or something. Oh, um, quite a yeah. She says something. Um, a, a, a rather large, or something <laughs> rather like large amount. Yeah, that scene is shot so well because you have no idea what's about to happen, but you know something's about to happen. Yes, because and and again, like they set it up where she clears the house, and you know the idea of like every time he keeps trying to have sex with her, she stops him and puts up this roadblock and all this and it's like okay let's go to the hot tub and you're like okay maybe she just wants to do it in the hot tub fine and like the 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 camera work the the episode gets real intimate because like you just see her hands on his body and you're like right. where what's going on is this soft core is this skin max you know <laughs> and all of a sudden like you get like the jump from from <sighs> roger and you're just like yeah yeah and that happens and now i'm forever scared of that um <laughs> His reaction is like ours. Like, what did you just do? Why? Oh, my God. All of a sudden, I'm dead. Like, you know. And does he... She suffocates... Drowns him, right? Right. No, he doesn't Damn. die from an overdose. Right. No, he doesn't die from an overdose because um, cause you see the bubbles coming out of his nose and stuff right. like that. No. it's uh, She's basically making it look like he took um, a large amount of heroin and then yeah. passed out in the bathtub and died. Yeah. And yeah. that's and that's all it's going to look like. And so and then to add on top of the like cold bitch factor, she's just sitting there smoking a cigarette watching his dead body in this tub, which it's is so which was ugh. already creepy because you just got done having sex with this dude who isn't your son, but you're pretending it's your son, and you just <laughs> killed him to replace your son, and now you're watching his dead body, who is basically your son, in a pool that you just had sex with. Like, I cannot go into the amount of fucked up that is going on in this lady's head. 
what you just said, and it's funny because like one of the funniest reasons why people will say they watch television is to escape reality. So we escaped reality to watch this woman. I just want your explanation again because it's like to bang her son that's really not her son that looks like her son so you could kill him to get the house like you know it's like this is why we watch television yeah reality escape reality because this is what I want to watch well because Game of Thrones is God and I don't get to see brothers and sisters (laughs) fuck anymore so spoiler on Game of Thrones there's there's a brother and a sister that that do it so a lot Um, (laughs) and and the way that the like her and Richard storyline ends is like like she knows what she just did and is so wrong and it's like is she more crying because Jimmy's she knows Jimmy's actually dead and this is going to put like a finality to it or is what she just did so inhumanely terrible like you know I think she's crying because this was the closure she needed for I it, like what you said I her son, in her eyes, Jimmy died, and she got to look at his dead body. That's what I'm looking at because she's known he's dead, but there wasn't a body. It's kind of yeah. like you know when like um like parents of like missing kids they go missing, and it's been like 15 years, and like they they do interviews with them. The dad will be there, like you know, I'm pretty sure my kid's gone, but I hold on to that hope. I hold on sure, to this hope. Sure. And I think that, like, she's 99% sure Jimmy's dead, but now he's dead, and she got to look at the body, essentially. And yeah. so I that's how I'm looking at it, is it, it's it's finally that closure to her, where sure. he's now gone. And of course, then you can even see Richard is like, kind of like, um, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, like, because he's not there, but... And, and it's like great, great television when you just hear the screams... And it's like everybody knows. And Richard almost has like he like his ears are perked like, oh, shit, what did she just do? You know, I think it's kind of the same thing when last season when Jimmy goes to meet his fate. Richard uh, like says, like, do you want me to go with you? And he's like, no, um, I'm good. Yeah, I got I I feel like it's kind of the same thing. Sure, sure. So, um. With that, I think that's all I have for the first half. Did you have anything else? Uh, I think that was it. Yeah, because I had Richard and Jillian end in the same way, so sure. That's all I had for that. Okay. All right, so we're going to take a quick little break, and we're going to learn a little bit about the pineapple upside-down cake and the history of that. And when we come back, we'll do a little bit of chin-wagging. All right? The history of the pineapple upside down cake can be traced to a recipe in a Seattle fundraising cookbook from 1924. The cake is thought to be much older than this though. It's thought to have been invented around 1911 when one of James Dole's engineers invented a machine that cut pineapple into the familiar rings that we know today. The cake is made by placing these pineapple rings into a cast iron Dutch oven and then adding a maraschino cherry to the middle cutout of each ring. You then pour the cake batter on top and cook. Once completed, you turn the Dutch oven over and all the cake will fall out. 
giving it this wonderful glazed candy look. I hope you learned a little bit about the pineapple upside down cake. Now let's get back to chin wagging. back from the break. Uh, so hopefully we learned a little bit about the um, pineapple upside down cake. Um, first cake I ever learned how to cook was a pineapple upside down cake, actually, and I absolutely hate it. Where, do, so, where does the upside down come from? Uh, that was what Margaret brought to the party. No, 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 but like the upside down part of any cake. Oh, so... Um, when they were when upside down cakes were first like being actually made like invented it was because they were made in cast iron skillets and they would put the fruit down first and then that way whenever it was cooking on the heating element it would caramelize it and then when they would go to take it out you know they would turn over the cast iron skillet and it would come out onto the cake tray and it would have that glossy caramelized look on on the fruit and so that was where the upside down part came from because you're making it upside down if that makes any sense. You sounded like you just nailed your audition for a chef cooking podcast. Because <laughs> that is the most <laughs> clearest answer I've ever gotten to uh, a question. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, well, <laughs> Gordon Ramsay, if you're listening, I am taking – I will I will work for you. I absolutely will. So <laughs> That was great. Um. Yeah, I actually did a little bit of research. Normally, I don't research the break that much until like after the podcast. But right. for this one, I was actually doing some research on it before. So yeah, uh, it's kind of interesting. Plus, it was like I said, it was the first cake I ever made. I think that they're one of the coolest looking cakes, but I absolutely hate them. I think they're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. I like pineapple, but uh, yeah, it's weird. All right, so we're back for the second half. Now, this is going to be the most. Um, Kind of intense part of the show. Um, we have Nucky and Eli's dinner um, whole storyline, and then we have um, Jip and Company. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with Jip and Company and end with Nucky's story. Sure. Uh, just because with the show, I like kind of ending with Nucky when we can. Yeah. So Jip's still not a lot going on in his story, so it's it shouldn't take us too long to talk about it. But as we've already glossed over a little bit on um, on talking about um, how with holiday episodes you have people that'll come and go and stuff like that, we get some backstory now to Jip. We see a side of him that we haven't seen before. Um, we, we, we think of Jip as this man who is just this murderous monster, which obviously he is, um, this evil dude, but we don't think of him in a household full of like five women. Yeah. And and getting like picked on, and he's letting them control him essentially. And so um, I also imagine this is how every dinner of anybody that lives in New York goes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're my expert on this, and so I'm going to assume every dinner you've ever had has gone like this up to a point. So well, it's there's people. <laughs> <laughs> it's super funny. There's a lot, and to tie it into what you said, it's super funny where you think like. You know, let's set it up as after Jip lit that sheriff on fire. Right. Did he come home and have to, like, be quiet when closing the door? Because this is where he <laughs> lives, no? Yeah. I didn't... <laughs> and, like, you know, like it's, like, 2 a.m. And it's, like, 
Jip, is that you? It's like, yeah, yeah, go to bed. And he like takes a piece of cheese from the fridge and like, <laughs> like, is this, this is how funny is it to think of this is where he lives? Right, he's got like his own. He's got his his one single room, yeah. which he he's married, right? I think he is. So that was another thing I wanted to bring up. That I am pretty sure they don't ever show his wife, but he definitely mentions that he's married. Um, oh, see, I thought the lady that opened the door that he yelled at. I thought that was his wife. I, I'm almost positive they're all his sisters. That's and, and you may be right. You may be right. Um, see, now that's something I want to look into. I always assumed that was his sisters and big Italian families. You know, they just have 15 right, right. brothers and sisters, whatever. Um, right. I never even thought of if that is if, uh, if that is his wife. That's a great point. So, because the way he was looking, it's like he's in his room all to himself. Right. And he's got this suit that he's just like, it's a, like his one worldly possession that he's just meticulously maintaining. Yep. And then I was like, and then of course as I'm seeing that because me and uh, Chris have talked about before how Jip is probably one of like Jimmy was one of the best dressed people on the show. I feel like Jip is now the best dressed person. Absolutely. Like when I see him dressed, I'm like, dude, I'm like, that's how I want to dress. Like that dude owns everything. But then I'm like, oh wait, it's his one suit, and he literally sits there just combing it. Yep. yep. And then they even make and, they, and they're making fun of him about it, about how he's like, oh, he's in love I with love it. Like, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking up on IMDb, and you are 100% right. They have her listed as Jip's wife, Giaconda Rossetti, and they say it's Jip's wife. I, oh, okay. I always thought that was all his sisters. Well, they all they all kind of look alike, and then they act alike. Like, they're all kind of acting, unless it's supposed to be like a stereotypical, they're all just acting like Italian women, like it's a stereotype or something. Right. Because um, they do put them at the head of the table, and... It's kind of like they're still like kind of, I guess, like validating that he's in charge of the house, but he's really not. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's so funny to see him getting bitched out by all these women because like like it it totally now makes sense why he is the way he is. Like that's his home oh, yeah. life, you know? Yeah. And like if your home life, you're constantly being put down by – I'm not trying to be sexist here or anything, but – Clearly, there's a way Jip thinks of women, and the show portrays women. Um, oh my god! I just have to say something to get back to it. I forget her. I forget her name, but I have the episode on, and the actress who plays Jillian Darmody. I forget what her name is in real life. Her, you know, it's too weird of a comment. I'm just gonna say, um, <laughs> I can't even. So weird. I'm sorry. I'll I'll I'll, I'll text you it and I'll let you say it. Um, okay. It's it's it makes total like you know the way the way they treat women on the on the episode and everything, um, like he bows down to them and everyone else. Right, he makes everyone else you know eventually bow down to her. Um, yeah, it's just so funny to see like his home life, you know. Right, right, right. Um, and so. And we even see like he's kind of like without even saying a word, like he makes his uh, patsy or whatever. Um, stay for dinner, which I thought was kind of funny that they did that. That um, that death stare he gave. When, when yes. So his name, and I'm going to tell you this because it, it comes up. I only think I, until the finale is Tonino. Um, because you just got my text. <laughs> I'll let you yes, say I it. Did. Um, okay. So th- there there's a scene here that also happens in the finale. And it's his got his right hand man is called his name is Tonino. There's gonna be a scene in episode eleven where Jip just looks at Tonino and just goes, 
Tonino, shut the fuck up. Because this guy, you see him just rambling, and Jip doesn't say a word up until his sister right. knocks. Um, but yes, when Jip, when Tonino's trying to leave, and that stare from Jip is fucking god. It's like it's like lasers, <laughs> you know. Yes. No, it really is. Um, and like, and he and he and he stays like because I guess because that's his quote unquote his master or whatever his boss. Yeah, the, you're the boss. I think is what he keeps calling him. Uh, and. So they have like a small amount of money because they've basically gotten screwed up, not even screwed over. They've gotten defeated by um, uh, Nucky's people and stuff like that. So they're down men. They don't have the same. Men. Well, no, not Nucky's people. I'm sorry. Um, it was Rothstein's, Rothstein's people. Um, and by his people, I even mean it was basically Bugsy. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. So they're down money. They're down men, manpower. And this looks bad. For them, whenever you have uh, Pizzarotti, so nailed it. He's yes, he's scrabbling around for money at this point, and we see him in a and he goes to a church and he's praying to God. And I even have it in my notes: Gypsy only person that can get offended by God over himself <laughs> because he's. I believe he's. I believe he actually believes in God as well, which is kind of strange because. I don't think he's in there just to like make a scene or just because he's bored. Like I think he's really praying in in his own way. If that makes any sense, I have a really interesting tie-in with him and Eli, and, and I guess I'll save this to when we get to Eli. But I also have down here like Jip at one time was religious, or maybe still is, and then also is that a product of Italian culture? Because I tell you, Italian and Hispanics are known to be very, um, cat, cat, I don't know how to say this, heavy in Catholicism. Catholic, you know, yeah. Um, it it, it kind of go it goes hand in hand. So like, was Jip sort of very strong Catholic at one point, and this life he leads, like, and it's kind of funny seeing that versus Nucky, who like basically laughs at the idea of religion, you know. Um, right. If if you can remind me, and I'll try to remind myself, where I have an interesting correlation here with the way Jip treats God here and what Eli does too. I just want to go back to a couple scenes, and I I took this from one of the comments I read when, like, you know, they're about to eat, and his wife like smacks him on the hand and is like, "No, no, no! You have to say you have to say a a prayer. You have to bless it. You know, right?" Um. The sign of the cross that Jip does, and this is this is the comment that I stole. Uh, it looks like the most aggressive way anyone has ever done the sign of the cross. Like really? me and Colton are FaceTiming right now, so you'll you'll be able to do it. But if you want to go back and watch the episode, he just goes like, <laughs> he just like he like almost hits himself the way he's doing it. Um, that that's how that, I have to and that's it. how Jip would do it, right? Like if he's ever gonna do the sign of the cross. Uh, to, to go back to your point, yeah, Jip's. I mean. I guess we could kind of say, was he Catholic? How religious was he? Whatever. At minimum, and maybe this is just how crazy Jip is. He doesn't respect the religion because he beats the fuck out of this priest. I mean, it's just a punch, but how little do you care about religion if you can knock out a priest? To give benefit to Jip, maybe the priest molested him. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how because I feel like that priest is younger than him. Yeah, yeah. But let's maybe. Yeah, let's. <laughs> uh, fine, I'll, I'll agree to it. 
<laughs> and we've lost all of our Catholic <laughs> listeners. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, people. Uh, um, if it, if an episode doesn't go by and I don't, me or Chris have to say something that pisses off yeah, somebody. You gotta, so you got to knock out one by uh, one. Yeah. One by one. Uh, no, I to be honest though on that on on him hitting that priest I don't know if that necessarily correlates with religion in a way like in a way um I believe that the way and when I say religion I'm talking about religion and gyp size I believe that gyp views religion and morality as two completely separate things sure and his mentality, I kind of feel on it, is he's deserving of this money because God screwed him over, so therefore he's entitled to this. And the priest is acting as God, essentially. So the priest is at fault, so the priest needs to give him money. That's kind of how I took it. Yes. Uh, I, I don't I don't have Jip as a very complex man, so no. I have him as very black and white. Like, this good, this bad. So, yeah. Uh, I could totally see him being like his relationship with God, quote unquote, or whatever, and fuck this priest. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, you, yeah. you know, um, I, I'm with you there. And also, it's also just kind of like, where's your money, bitch? Because that's all I care about. You literally could have that's been true. God standing there, and it would have been, where's my money? You know? Yeah. No, I believe that. I, I believe that 100%. I have my audio set up as I have a sound bar with like two satellite speakers. When Jip is praying and the priest walks in and he says, are you all right? The the way the audio changes, it literally sounds like God. Like, however, really? if you ever watch, and, and for lack of a better t- movie or show, like Bruce Almighty, when they say God is talking, whatever, um, you know, it kind of has to sound like it's coming from on top of you and right. worldly, like surrounding. Um, and they're also in a church, so you have the acoustics of that. Um, right. I just noticed while I'm watching, and he goes, are you all right? It, I, I literally, like, looked around because I was like, huh? It's so... <laughs> Because it's really funny, right? Because he's like yelling at in church, right, by himself, and the priest just comes up to him like, "Are you okay? Are you all right?" You know, um, really interesting how they did that with the audio. It's kind of like, you know, there's like next level audio design going on, you know? Right. Well, they they gives credits to the the producers and what they're doing yeah, on that, totally. or the the, the uh, not the producers. Well, yeah, I guess it would be them, but yeah. And so he steals, he beats the shit out of this priest, steals him, steals the money, not him, um, and goes to um, Gran Torino, not Gran Torino, I'm so sorry, um, Maserati's, Pizza, Pizza Rod. See, I have too many names for him, so I'm going to stick with Maserati, because that's mine. <laughs> um, goes to Maserati and Joe, and they, now, the first time I watched this, I didn't get what was happening. So he's meeting with Joe, and I thought that it was just basically like Joe sitting him down to talk to him, and it's just kind of like, um, like you know, you can't be doing this, you can't be doing that. I didn't realize he was going there for a hit, like, like Jip was Jip was set to be assassinated that day. I didn't realize that, and I read that as a comment. The only reason I'm I'm saying this is I read it as a comment on uh, AV Club. And when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, shit, they're right. Because he says something at one point in it where you see Maserati, like, is talking to him. He's like, you can't be controlled. He's, you're like a wild dog. 
and then he says something and he looks to the guys behind him and the guys kind of stand up and then at that point um jip even goes today it's easter sunday though and he goes it's april fools as well the whole thing was he was there to get off essentially interesting i didn't even i always took that as he was doing his like his his drop off of his money because it's kind of starts out he's like it's all coins are you right kidding no, me? Th- th- correct no that part is that but that was there and uh, that was how they got him in there and then they were gonna off him while he was in there interesting, interesting. or take him somewhere else so I thought that was kind of cool. Like I didn't realize that when I was first watching the anytime I've watched it. And then when I read that I was like, "Wait." I was like, "No, he wasn't." And then I watched it again. When you watch that scene with that in your mind, you start realizing, "Oh shit, he is there. He's basically doing and this is why he does his big plead for his life yeah, essentially." That's what I was going to bring up. It's so like odd that he does like this whole monologue about yeah, like they're building something where not whatever. Like, yeah, it makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. And and I love this is this scene is probably one of my there's there's two scenes in this whole whole episode that stand out in my mind so well Eli and Nucky in the garage and this scene right here I love both of these scenes so much yeah him Jip when he's in there one um, I cannot think and I'm so I can't think of the actor's name that plays Jip um, Bobby Carnival yes he really shows who he is as an actor in this episode yeah like. I believe he is really Jip, and it's scary as fuck, and I feel so bad for his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who his wife but, is? His wife is. Uh, I, I I looked her up actually. It's she's an actress. Yeah, she's. I think she's um, more popular than him. Yeah, she's been in like a couple of the Marvel movies. I think. Um, um I, I mean, she was in Bridesmaids. I know she's done way bigger stuff. Ro- Roseburn. I uh, cannot think of it. Yeah, she always looks. She's really pretty, but she always looks like she's crying, but she's like really pretty. <laughs> Um, yeah, because she's she's living with Jim, yeah. so of course she's always crying. <laughs> Which I don't know why Bobby's not a bigger actor because I watched this and I'm like, really, he couldn't go on to more stuff. I know he's been at other stuff, but I was like, really, like he can't go. Like I don't know. I was really surprised. But anyways, off topic on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but watching him sit there and talk about how he's going to give Nucky Thompson and then even Jip is like, I don't care. Uh, uh, Maserati's like, I don't care about Nucky. And he goes, fine. He's like, I'm going to give you Rothstein. I'm going to give you Lucky. And and he, you can tell once he says Lucky, that's when Joe is kind of like, because obviously Joe and Nucky, or Joe and Lucky have a really big hatred for each other right now. Like, Or there's a big clash between them. Yeah. Um, because as they're even saying, like, Lucky's running around with the he's running around with the Jews who they don't the Italians and the Jews at this time period hate each other. You know, sure, they are sure. not getting along. It's two completely separate factions at this point. I I can't I just I, I can't go on enough about. I love this scene. No, it's definitely it, it adds a whole another level, a whole another level to it once you add that it was like going to be a, a hit. He was going to assassinate it. Um that brings me to four points I want to rattle off. Uh, one, okay. it's funny how Jip wasn't even in the last episode. So, no. like, this is like the outfall from it. Like, he's like, "Yeah, you're 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 as good as dead to me." You know, if if they tried to kill you and they wiped out everyone, like, you might as well be dead too. Like, I, there's no reason to keep you around. Um, right. And then you get all you know what happens. But we also this episode we get no Milky, no Agent Michael Shannon. <laughs> and my fourth thing was. Uh, uh, just because we skipped over it after he 
knocks out the priest and you know he gets the money jip in the most jip fashion you know he's like he literally is like a caveman where does god keep the rest of it as if god like <laughs> literally like you know comes in every day collects yeah and like puts it here and then goes like almost like santa claus then goes to the next church like you know um i just love that like he's so ape like you know he is it's like and well and you even see it when his um associate or whatever is like talking to him like in the room like did you notice like the way he even talks and he goes he goes he goes boss what is it? he goes we know that you're working hard. We see it and we appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's how you have to talk to him, you know. Like yeah. everything that you say, you, you if you're going to – not insult him. If you're going to oh, – what is the terminology they use? Um, constructive criticism. If you're going to give Jip constructive criticism, you have to give him a – this is what you're doing right. This is what you're doing right. This is what you're doing right. You can maybe work on this, but it's because you're doing this right. Like <laughs> you, you probably forgot about this because uh, um, it's such like a, a little moment. But literally, someone doesn't know that in a few episodes gets gets killed for it by Jip. And you'll you'll see you'll see it when it comes around. Okay. You'll know what I'm talking about. But someone like tries to do that and just fails just a little bit. And it's gruesome. It's really gruesome what, what what happens. But yes, he's he's almost like like the strongest five year old you've ever met. Like you know, <laughs> he is. Yeah. No, he is exactly. Well, I mean, we could we could do a whole sure, episode on sure. Jip. Just Jip. I mean, he's. What what is it? He's even said like he's away from he's been away from his wife for a, a week or whatever. He's like, you know, you're away from a week. He's like, a man has his urges. And it's like, really? Like, you've been away a week? <laughs> yeah. Like, dude. You know, like, he's very he's he's very simple, but it's so scary how simple he yep, is. Yep, yep. I think that's all I yeah, have that, on that's him. that's all I had on him. Um, I love how these next seven, eight, nine, three, six, I guess five episodes now, um, I love how his storyline plays out. I love I, right because no, I, I remember like bits and pieces of, like of how this goes, yeah. and so watching it from this perspective, it's been so much nicer. Yeah. Like seeing this, and now I, I actually now I see why people will consider season three better than season two. Yeah, like watching it from this perspective, I guess where I'm taking notes and I'm really analyzing, and I'm like, oh shit, like season three, this is a really good season. Totally. Um. All right, so we're gonna end with the big the big storyline how mm-hmm. the the episode starts. Uh, which is Nucky and Eli are having uh, Easter Sunday of uh, I'd say dinner, but it's not like lunch slash morning uh, a whole a whole day. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the whole episode even starts with Eli going around planting eggs, which we we don't know their eggs at first until like at the very end of it we see him hiding a red egg. Yeah. And that's like th- that's to symbolize it's this big thing, you know. When you find the red egg, you get a quarter versus I think it's a nickel. Yeah. For the a other quarter ones. versus a nickel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so n- they bring their family over, and before they're even going over there, we see that um, Margaret's daughter. Oh my God, is I- Emily? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I know. I was like, I think it's Emily because remember, I couldn't remember uh, her son's name, Teddy. Oh God, I I forgot her <laughs> son's name last episode. Um, but Emily's like even like mem- she's apparently memorized all of their names, which is really impressive. 
and because she wants to be like, I guess, a good ho- or a guest when she comes over. Yeah. So th- uh, they come over, and they have their like uh, essentially their lunch with them. Um, this is the first time that Eli's wife has met yeah. uh, Margaret, which yeah. I thought was strange. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like they've been married now for what two seasons. Uh, or two and a half, or a season and a half, technically. Well, if were they married in season they two? They got married towards the end of season two, and if Eli says I was in jail for sixteen months, you know, so we're talking close to two years, you know, probably just under two years. So yeah, and, and you know, a little bit of a different circumstances of why they got married and all that, but true. Yeah, it's, it is sort of weird. Like the sister-in-laws never met, you know. I thought that was really strange. Um. Um, Eli, Eli has this episode, and I know they've talked about it before. Eli has way too many kids to be fucking over Nucky. Like, stay <laughs> in your lane, dude. Like, this amount of kids, um, I, I can't believe you even have time to, to fuck over Nucky. Like, you know, it's a different world, a different age, you know, you I you had a good you have a good thing going just go with it. I know, like just suck. Like I don't even know how you have time to feel offended by Nucky. Like you know, I have no, <laughs> I have no clue. And and I understand it was a different time period because you're you're the one working, the wife's the one that stays at home and everything like that. <laughs> but you still have eight kids at your house. I don't care who you are in what time period. You have eight kids at home. You're busy as hell. I don't care who you are. I feel like we can get a string of parents and forgive me, Chris has one kid or two kids? He has two he has two sons. Yeah. Um imagine just get Chris on and it's like, hey, are, is two kids too much? <laughs> like, you know, grab any parent is like, hey, is one kid does that take a lot of your time? And like everyone will be like, Yes. Literally multiply that by ten. A <laughs> hundred and and I don't care if this is out there or not, a hundred percent of our podcasting schedule to record is around <laughs> yeah. Chris and if he has time. And I do not mean there's no insults in this because no, it's I think life. Yeah. yeah, it is life and I, I give thanks to him for doing this. I have to work 100% around his schedule sure. because I can't I, – I don't have a kid yet. I will soon. I don't have a kid yet. So I'm free. Same as you. We're free somewhat around yeah, our schedules. Yeah. He has who add yeah d- d- times that by four. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is no way. Yeah. No. Um, and so they're having this um, big family event, and we see that. Uh, well, one of the big things that I got out of this scene, this um, storyline is one. Margaret does a confession to Eli's wife, and I did not write her name down. I'm not going to pretend to remember her name. I do not remember it's, it. It's next month. June. Okay. <laughs> I know. Did you see me? I was working Listen, it out. <laughs> I, I do it all the time. Uh, yes. It was just funny seeing um, it. <laughs> For those who uh, know what we're so talking <laughs> about, Colton did the January, February, March, April, May, June. <laughs> With his fingers. And my birthday's in May, and I cannot remember the month that comes after it. Oh, God. Uh, so, Margaret and June are having, <laughs> oh God. Margaret and June are having a conversation, and uh, Margaret basically lays everything out about how she knows Nucky's having an affair, and 
she knows that the, and she knows who it is. Not that he's even having an affair. She's like, no, he's doing this. He's sleeping with this person. And June's response to it. I have it in my thing is just in my notes. It's she's just the most like, what was my exact response is that she's playing the character of the wife of the, I don't know nothing where when she's mentioning it, that like what's going on. That's when June just goes out of nowhere. He goes, Oh, you brought pineapple upside down. <laughs> Like, what do you think? Why do you? I have I have two reasons why she reacted like that. Do you think it's just so out of her realm? Like, it's it's it would be like me coming to you and talking. I don't know. I I don't even know what to to what my analogy. Would, you know what? No, no. It would be uh, um for for instances of what we're talking about. I'm a funeral director. It would be like me coming to you about a certain embalming technique I have problems with. Like, is it, and I come to, like, I talk to you about it. Is that so out of your field that you don't even know how to just, like, comprehend what I'm saying? Or, or is it more like, is it, like, subtle telling Margaret, like, this is the life you signed up for, and you're going to accept it. So, we're just going to move on and pretend you got it out of your system, and now we're gone. I think there's a third to this. Okay. Um, One, I don't believe it's the first one, because... My response, if you came to me and you were like, hey, I'm having a problem with the double backbone um, a bombing technique. Very, very, I, I obviously com- very common. Yeah, I completely. It's a common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately would be like, well, I don't know what that is. Like, can you explain it to me? That would be my response. If you came to me with a problem, no matter what it is, I, I work in insurance. If I was explaining something to you about insurance, I imagine your response would be like, well, hold on, what does this mean and what does this do, right? You're going to ask questions to what I kind of follow up, right? Right. Um, What you're saying, I believe that is one possibility. I think the other possibility is she doesn't want to acknowledge it because if she acknowledges it, then that means that she acknowledges that maybe Eli is also cheating on her. So Even though though we, we know for a fact that he's not because Nucky mentions it, but she doesn't know that, if that makes any sense. While... It's funny. I'm going to agree with that, but I'm going to agree with that up until later, because when you said the first one is definitely not like she, it's just so out of her realm. She doesn't even know how to comprehend it. I'm going to challenge that thought process once we get to the end, because and I, I want to set some of it up now. I want to go back to when they were like saying grace at the table. Um, uh-huh. You know, clearly, oh, with, cl- oh, clearly, Nucky. I know what you're going. Clearly, Nucky and Margaret are on the rocks. And the way the episode ends, they literally they're like separate entities almost. Right. And right. I'm I'm going a little bit spoiler here, but not really. Um, what this? Oh God, I hate saying this, but I'll try it. What the series comes to end sort of is the idea of like Nucky wants a family, but he's juggling the idea of being this, as Jimmy said, half a gangster. And like eggs, <laughs> yes, like eggs. <laughs> um, so Nucky, you know, it's almost like Nucky has everything in Eli's eyes, but Nucky, Eli, Nucky doesn't go have. Ahead, go ahead, no, sorry. no, you, you were gonna probably finish my sentence. Nucky doesn't have what Eli has, like a loving, right. a wholesome, loving wife, like you know who who does the dishes and 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 cooks and cleans and comes home and all that. Um, and that's sort of like the, the, uh, it's sort of like this series arc of Nucky, 
Um, and yes, that's where I'm going to leave it off until the end of the episode. Uh, well, the I end mean, of like, their storyline. Wh- it's essentially the what is it? The, what's the saying? It's the grass is always greener sure, on the other sure. side. Both parties, I feel, look at each other like that at this point. Um, and we're, we get to – we also find out that Eli is not temperance. He's not sober, but he's cutting his drinking back. And he is he's, – he's, he's no longer allowed to drink in the house because we saw he had a problem. Like yeah. he was getting way too drunk, like way too drunk. Yeah. Where he's like throwing up at the house and stuff like that. Um, so he's no longer allowed to drink in the house, and he can't have any drinks before noon. God bless his soul. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so him and Ducky they go to the garage and they have a drink. And while they're there, this is my this is actually this is my favorite scene of this episode. They're having their conversation about um, what essentially has been happening in the past. And they're kind of coming to terms, kind of, where uh, Nucky even is like, oh, well, you only wanted this because – or you're only inviting me over because you're trying to get on my good graces. You want a promotion and all this. And Eli goes – and he even puts it in here because he, Nucky even says he's so melodramatic about it. I love he pull, that. He pulls a gun out and gives it to Nucky and he's like, just – you know what? Go ahead and put a bullet in my head because I'm tired of waiting for it. <laughs> While he's being melodramatic – I also believe that Eli really feels this way. Like, I think that he does still kind of feel that at any moment he might get killed because of something that he's done, that Nucky's holding on to something. If Let me go back just a little bit in terms of Eli and Nucky are talking, right? And the idea that... Like, Nucky's kind of, I don't know, see, it's, it's so funny, because I could almost be swayed on, on any conversation. Like, Nucky is so right in terms of, like, dude, you literally conspired to kill me, and the, your yeah. punishment was 16 months, and you came out with a job. Like, you should be so grateful. And like, Nucky says, like, do you have any idea how hurtful that is, what you tried to do to me? Like, it's kind of really shitty what Eli did, and then... Be like, why can't you treat me better? Like that's fucked up, you know. And the and the thing is, is Nucky doesn't even realize the extent that Eli was fucking him over. He only knows some of it. He doesn't know that at one point Jimmy was basically like, "We should be doing this," and Eli is the one that was like, "No, let's kill him." Like Eli is the reason that the hit first went out, and I don't think Nucky realizes that. Like, he knows that he was a part of it, yes, but to the extent of what it was, and that's where I give my gripes to Eli, I'm like, bro, you, you're you lucky. You are lucky. And keep in mind, and it's mentioned in this episode, Nucky helped Eli's family while in jail. So, like, right. like he totally, like, kicked them out the door, but gave him a bunch of, you know, like, just, hey, really? So, it's like, damn, like... I'm totally with with Nucky. Like, <laughs> uh, um, I am when Eli took out the gun, and I remember saying this back when the episode aired. I literally went out loud, and I did it this time around too. Like, oh god, Eli, you're so dramatic. And then, like Nucky says, like, why does it always have to be a melodrama with you? Like, you know, <laughs> um, that's like the funny comedy you're gonna get from Boardwalk Empire. 
You know, like yes. Nucky's so serious and so is Eli, but then like sometimes it's Eli's Nucky's just like, all right, dude, like, come on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think I'm confident enough to say this now because it's on screen. The actress who plays Jillian Darmany, Gretchen Mall, her nipples can cut glass. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I was going to bring it up to, at the very end. I was waiting for this scene to be like, so this is where it goes. By the way, Victor wanted to let everybody know. Jillian Darmody's nipples can cut glass. Okay, though, to be fair, I noticed that the entire uh, episode. Are they CGI'd? Like, it, it needs to be asked because <laughs> you know how much CGI is in this show and, and, and HBO. Like, wow. That's all. <laughs> They're at least three inches long. <laughs> minimum. <laughs> That's funny. Good God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um. Where do we even go from here now? <laughs> I think you have to end it right there. Just <laughs> uh, so th- thank you. This has been bootlegging a Boardwalk Empire podcast. <laughs> um, no, I I agree on on it. Like th- th- with the comedy aspect of it, I I agree, and I think that Eli, this whole thing obviously was a a show to get Eli to come in. Um, or, or to get Eli to have Nucky come in to try to show him, hey, this is my family. This is what's going on. I need help. I think that ultimately all this was, and, and Nucky knows it was. It, right. it was. it was all kind of kind of a ruse in a way. Um, I mean, because some of it was even with Nucky, like when Nucky's doing his little juggling act with the eggs and stuff like that. You know, it's we get to see the showman side of Nucky. Um, when Margaret does her singing and stuff like that, we get to see. The little glare and stuff like that in Nucky's eyes where he realizes, oh, yeah, this is the woman that I fell in love with and all of that. But ultimately, I say that, but then in, at at the end of this episode, it all goes to shit, essentially, because they're back to being like, well, that was that. Like, as he even says, like, I'll teach you how to juggle. And she goes, no, I'm just too old. I'm like, okay, well. Hold on a second. Let me ask you this. Did you not pick up on the subtext of that? I guess I did. Ooh, this is good. no. This is this is good. Then we'll we'll get there. A, a couple things. A couple things while we were talking. Let me go back. Um, when William is helping Emily, that's like so uh-huh. adorable. It's almost like the same thing with Tommy and Richard. Right, right, right. This is not a spoiler, but um, William gets totally recasted for season four, and I always forget that season four. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. You'll see. It's 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 new. It's new William. Whatever name you guys come up with, fucking the Zika virus, whatever you end up calling him. <laughs> but new William, he does. That's what we're gonna call him. <laughs> I know. Zika. I know. Fuck. <laughs> um, he gets recasted for season four. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to? Okay. So when this is so deep cut here, and it's like, I don't even think the. Sh- I, I always question if the show even know knows they were doing this. So when they cut to the talent show that the Thompsons are having, um, right? You remember like it opens with that she has like a bow, and she's almost uh-huh. playing like a violin, but like a string violin of sorts. So, well, she's playing a saw. Oh, okay, a saw. I don't know what 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 if that had a whatever. Um, yeah, she's playing this song called "My Melancholy Baby." Do you know that song? Yes. So that's the song she's playing. They are also they also play a version of this song at the end of a I want to say episode nine when I can't say what happens but they play a 
version of this song then too. Now, it's very rare for a show to play the same song twice. What's the subtext behind it? I have no idea. I love the version that they play during this one particular scene at the end of the episode. Um, but I just thought that was like a weird a weird thing. You know what I mean? Um, that is kind of strange. Yeah, like she plays... And it, it, it hit... It took me a little bit like, hey, why do I know that song? And I had to just keep going through my head. There's a few songs on Boardwalk Empire I can't find the actual song of. Um, but yeah, and, and when we get to the episode, I'll like text Colton notes like every... every well, when I get around to <laughs> texting him notes about the episode i'll bring it up because you'll, you'll see it comes up again um okay i'm actually yeah really curious to see that because then i'm going to remember that obviously with yeah. this conversation okay no i'm actually really curious on that now let me ask you is <laughs> did you think or know juggling is that hard yes so uh <clears throat> I, when I graduated college, I was going through a really, uh, this is like really personal, but I don't care. Uh, when I graduated college, um, the first like six months uh, after I graduated, I had a, I was going through a really hard period of my life. And like I cut out alcohol. I was like, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm only working out. And I was like doing like all these things, like just to keep my mind occupied. And one of the things like I learned, I was uh, wanting to learn how to do was to learn how to juggle. And so I set a goal for myself to learn how to juggle in a week's time period. Didn't learn how to juggle. <laughs> um, it is so hard to juggle. Like I did like other things and stuff like that during that, but that was like one of my goals. And I think that was like one of the rare goals that I didn't accomplish at that time. And I practiced every night. <laughs> I had bought like special like juggling bags and stuff like that. Damn. I could never I could never learn how to juggle. Ever. It is so hard. At least to me. At least to me. There may be other people out there like, bro, I learned how to juggle in five minutes. Yeah, yeah well, you're better than me. Yeah, so yeah. um but no, I I was horrible at it. It looks so hard. That I swear I was watching so closely to see if it was CGI'd, because l- let me let me go back to a comment that I said. I don't know even know if you know this. There, you know, like there's a lot of CGI in this show, the right? Backgrounds and all that. Uh, I wish I wish I could show you where Tabor Heights is because, like, they show it like what they what they block out. There's so much CGI. It's like right. so amazing. So. And I know it's crazy saying this, but it's also, I feel like, and even though I don't know much about Steve Buscemi, it totally sounds in line with Steve Buscemi that he learned how to juggle for this scene. Because I was going to say, uh-huh. I could, well, no, I could see him knowing how to juggle in his 20s. He seems like the kind of guy that he would know how to juggle for whatever reason. I could see him knowing how to do this. So he was a firefighter, and it probably right. makes sense. Like maybe like downtime at the station, like he just learned how to juggle. You know, I could see him do that because he was like, I know when he was a firefighter, he was also doing like auditions for like Broadway and stuff like that. I could see him learning how to do sure, these juggling sure. things to like entertain like his fellow firefighters and stuff. If I found out that, I would be more surprised to find out that it was CGI or that he already didn't know how to juggle than that he already knew how to juggle. Knowing the, If that makes any sense. No, and, and, and knowing the cost of CGI, I mean, I don't know the cost. I'm just saying you always hear it's like a budget breaker, you know? Game of Thrones suffered yes. from it or, or um, succeeded with it, the idea of having to have a budget. Um, I can't imagine they were like, no, we need you to juggle, you know? 
we need we need CGI juggling. Like, no, fuck that. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he really learned it. To go back just a little bit before that, the way he's like telling the story, like Nucky Thompson is also such a faceted character where it's like he's shooting down Jimmy in the fucking face and he's also entertaining this room of kids and adults. <laughs> like that's scary, you know? Um, and he's great. Dude, I good I it. was charmed by him. I was like, yeah, Nucky, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he does the thing, like he goes, "Can I borrow some eggs?" And then the guy's like, "The kid, uh, Teddy is like, yeah." And he goes, "He goes, excellent. I didn't want to lay my own." Yeah, like that's <laughs> really funny. Like you know, um, and, and but I and, but and I have it in my notes actually on that because I was like, "This is who Nucky would be, though." He this is a politician to the max, right here. Right, yeah, he's, totally. He's an entertain. He's an entertainer. He's not your stereotypical politician because we've seen how he interacts with the press. Yeah. He's also an entertainer. Yeah, 100%. He just he just turns it on like that. And then you kind of see like he kind of gets like a lack of a better term, a glisten in his eye when he sees Margaret. You know, like Margaret yes. starts the singer song and I looked up so hard to try and find what the meaning behind Margaret's song was, but it just seems like it's like an old Irish song. Um but even like, you know, and it's just kind of funny. He's just, it's almost like, oh shit, look, I have a wife and she's like, cool. <laughs> like, you know, she's yeah. like charming or whatever. Like, you know, um, and again, that's like your family episode, you know, it's like, oh wow. Like, you know, you newfound love for each other and all that. And then it goes to shit in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, cause that's kind of how it ends. Like it, it just ends with both of them. Like. We don't get like they're just I guess I don't know if they're just so far gone at this point, you know, or they neither one of them. I mean, because Nucky mentions like and I don't think he even mentioned I don't even think he's trying to be rude about it. But like she mentions about having the eight kids and he's like, well, you know, like um, he would never have to cheat or something like that. But he says it like jokingly, but obviously she's taking it seriously. And go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah. And so and I mean. Like I said, it, it's that that's then the down the the downfall of their like story for this episode, and then that was when he ultimately even then Nucky calls to tell Eli like he's giving him essentially a promotion. So, um, I mean that's really all I honestly have on their story. So I'm actually uh, glad that that's all you have because I think I'm gonna like sort of enlighten just a little bit and it sort of adds to the way the episode ends so obviously the thing with eli and nucky is kind of eli i'm sorry nucky the same way just being like oh you know i I have i have a wholesome brother and let let him let me be the better man and try and you know here's your job back and i trust you you know um okay so and this is we're gonna try i'm gonna try and tie the two things of why june gave margaret Absolutely nothing. So Margaret's like, I had no idea you knew how to juggle. And he's like, well, I could teach you now. And she's sort of, I I don't have the words in front of me, but she is saying, like, I don't want to learn how to juggle. And I think it's literally, no, it's not literally. It's subtly, for lack of a better term. Um, Like, I can't juggle that life that you do. Like, like she, she is... Because she's saying it tongue in cheek, and he's not picking up on it up until the end. Like she's telling him, like I didn't know you were. I think she says I didn't know you were such a good juggler. 
because and she kind of learned it last episode, you know, where where right. she always knew it, but then when she saw it, um, and again, Nucky's not trying to teach her how to juggle having a mistress on the side and everything, but just sort right, of right. just like she's saying it totally tongue in cheek, like no, 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 I don't need to learn how to juggle, but you're really good at it, you know, right. Um, that that's how I kind of like took that, and I I feel like Margaret saying Margaret receiving it and having the conversation like you know as subtly as she can, and uh-huh. Nucky's such a politician, he's like, no, I'll I'll teach you how to juggle, and like you know he's just not succumbing to like what she's trying to say, and I okay, and I bring that back to because that conversation you know because Eli's like I'm sorry Nucky's like yeah we we had such a good time, um. And Eli brings it up to June, or June brings it up to Eli, rather, like, you know, they're having problems, like, you know, there's there's whatever. And I forget what she says, but I think it is so out of the idea for June to think of, like, Eli could be cheating. Like, she just can't even process the idea of a man cheating on her, kind of, you know? Because she's, so, okay. she's so wholesome. June, right. June is, you know, she's so... I mean, she's crying at dinner, Grace, because finally they're a family together. Um, right, right, right. I, I wonder if it even possibly, dict- like, you know, enters her mind. We're, we're in a different time period. Like, it's nothing... True. It's nothing about couples that cheat on each other. And I say nothing, like, it happens so frequently. I don't know that it happened as often or that the spouses know back then, you know? I, I said a lot. I know. <laughs> no, I um, I agree with it. Like um, I don't. I I guess I I I didn't go into it thinking that much into it. Maybe, and so that was why I wasn't coming. I did, I wasn't seeing all of that on it. But I see what you're saying in it, and I and I and I agree. I would honestly say I agree with all of it. It's just, and I think that what you're seeing and then what I'm seeing, it's essentially the same thing. It's just we're going about it a different way on it. Right. Like. Because I mean, because ultimately, it's we're still seeing that Nucky and and um, Margaret they're not working out. They're both still just so distant. There's essentially no repairing there. Yeah, they're disconnected at this point. And then the same thing, like with June, is that she was not helping the situation with Margaret. You know, Margaret was using her as kind of just like a, a not a scapegoat, but like just somebody to kind of go to and talk about. But she's not helping. You know, she's not giving the advice that she was hoping for. Um, and like, I, I that's all I have on it. Honestly, I do want to. I do. And this is you were just talking, and that I want to go. I want to do one <laughs> throwback, just really, really quick. This is going way back, but I wanted to. I even put it in my notes, and I forgot to fucking say it. And so I'm really just pissed off at myself for getting to say it, Paul. Okay, from the storyline, you know, with yeah. Eli or with um, um, Richard. Richard and stuff like that, Paul looks like he could be Mickey Doyle's dad. Oh my god, a hundred, a thousand percent, a thousand. Every time I see him, I'm just like, oh, it's Mickey Doyle's dad. Totally, I can't believe I never put two and two together. Uh, every time I see him, he comes on screen. I'm like, it's Mickey Doyle's dad. Like, I wish they would have had a Mickey Doyle background episode and they had this guy play his dad you know it's funny i never even picked up on that especially since they're in this scene together in this episode like it's so weird that even even in the same scene together they're not like i never picked up on it you know it's just uh, oh i was trying, I I was to, trying to do the chris thing to you 
We're talking about the cow because they're not even in this. The cow. And I was like, they're, wait, they're, they're I was not like, even what? in this scene no. together. No, they're not. I was like, what? I, I know, was like, kind of... I was like, you were talking about like, like Mickey was in it at some point, and I was like, what? I should have went a little bit crazier to get the response, but yes. No. No, that's a great point. I though. was just, I was just gonna ramble anyway, yeah, yeah. so it didn't matter. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna get it at some point. Some point I'm either yeah, he's gonna get yeah. me or I'm gonna get him at some point just to go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Um. Yeah, no, I just I I really wanted to throw that in there. So totally, totally. <laughs> um. But that's all I actually have on. I'm looking at my notes really quick, and I yeah I don't have anything else on on this episode for your for your purpose. I I kind of like rewatched the scene while we were talking with with uh, closed caption on. Definitely take a look at that scene because you're going to be like, oh my god, it's totally there. Um, especially Margaret because the camera is so close on Margaret too. Because okay. this and it's like damn, it's it's almost like I want to come back. At, at the end of the season to be like, hey, remember this scene? Whatever. Because I can't believe how much this sets up for the future. Um, I, ca- I can't say. I'll, I'll say it to you off mic. I'm going to write it down right now so I, I remember. Um, that's all I have for this episode. Oh, one other, one okay. other thing, and I think I've told you this before. <laughs> the phone ring in this episode, in, in season three, is so prominent. And I wish I had enough time in my life to do a super cut. Every time the phone rings... It is the same distinct sound, and I wish I could talk to one of the producers because I swear to God, it is so prominent in every episode. Try and pay attention to the phone rings, and again, maybe in two two or three episodes, you're just like, I don't even know what the fuck he was talking about, but I'm telling you, the phone ring is the same and distinct and so loud, and it's only in season okay. three. That's really all I have. I'm going to... I'm gonna listen for that now. Um, I actually am. I'm gonna. I'm. I know for a fact now. I'm gonna be listening for that. Um, all right. So with all of that being said, um, that's all I have. That's all Victor has. So, um, next week we have the next episode, which is the pony, mm. and uh, we will see. Chris may or may not be back on <laughs> for the next episode. So, um. If not, I'm in talks maybe with another possible guest host. We will see if this works out. If not, then uh, we'll figure something out. Maybe I'll just ramble on for an hour. There you go. Um, (laughs) But until next week, we'll do a little bit of chinwagging then, all right? Bye. But I flew too high. Though my eyes could see, I still was a blind man. Though my mind could think I still was a madman Hear the voices when I'm dreaming I can hear them say Carry on my wayward son There'll be peace when you are